There comes a time in your life when your desire to change must outweigh your desire to remain the same. If this is your time, I want you to know that whatever your circumstances are, you are exactly where you need to be right now. You are stronger than you know. You deserve to live in your purpose and to have a happy and fulfilling life. You're worth keeping your promises to yourself. Every single thing you've done until this point has been enough. You are enough. You always were. My greatest desire is for you to give yourself permission to take a chance on you because you're worth it. Welcome to the True Growth, True Growth podcast. I am Latina Mata, your mindset coach. And in this podcast, we explore and learn all things related to self-love, self-discovery and inner work. It is the foundation to help you navigate life and make the necessary internal shifts to become the very best version of yourself. It is my greatest pleasure to be with you right here, right now. Throughout this podcast, we get to grow through what we go through together. Welcome back to another episode of the True Growth Through Growth podcast. And today is another video slash audio slash whatever you want to call it, where you get to see me if you choose to, and you also get to hear me. And today we're going to talk about self-sabotage. Now, what is so special about self-sabotage? Well, man, it's because the thing shows up everywhere all the time. And the more conscious you become, the more self-aware you become, the clearer your patterns of behavior showcase itself. And sometimes the first response for a lot of people is to go into, how could I just get rid of this? How can I fix this? How could I stop this? Because... It becomes such a painful task to deal with knowing that you have specific goals, knowing that you have specific visions, knowing that you want to be a specific way, yet it just seems as though there's some type of default or automatic response that sends you into behaviors that you just no longer want to engage in. So what exactly is self-sabotage? And self-sabotage, and this is a disclaimer, every Um, definition that I share in these podcasts are usually my own from my own internalization my own um, processing and experience from what it's been for me and so I defined self-sabotage as an unconscious way our personal unconscious way of trying to keep us safe it is unconsciously our ego's way of self-preservation now of course that might go against a lot of the things that you may have heard before or understand about self-sabotage because we have this perception that self-sabotage is bad it's bad and you know what i'm right there with you for quite some time i have beat myself up in terms of why can't i just fix this why can't i stop this behavior why can't i change this why is this pattern keep showing up over and over and it creates this feeling of not enough create this feeling of maybe something is wrong with me creates this feeling of maybe i don't deserve it hence the reason i keep doing the same nonsense over and over and so if you can relate to that 
I want to tell you that the starting point for the change in that perception comes from seeing the self-sabotaging behavior as self-preservation behavior. Because essentially, the procrastination, the overthinking, the decision paralysis, the um, emotional eating, the drugs or the alcohol or the activities that you're engaging in that do not serve you are really only unhealthy ways of trying to protect you, of trying to keep you safe, to try to keep you in something that is familiar, something that is comfortable, something that you know. Familiar, comfortable, and something that you know does not always mean good. So if you're engaging in, you know, the emotional eating or you're engaging in the drugs and the alcohol and the sex, if you're engaging in too much of it, of course, if you're engaging in too much, the procrastination and the overthinking, if you are doing those things consistently or in a way that you know it's hamburging, achieving the goals that you want, the perception is to see it from a place of self-preservation. And to see something from a place of self-preservation does not mean that you are justifying and you're saying that, okay, great, well, I'll just continue living my life like this. It's to meet a part of you that you have not met before. It's to meet that part of you that you have been trying to suppress to get rid of. It is to meet those unhealed parts of you. It's to meet the parts of you that you're ashamed and feel guilty of. That is underneath the procrastination. That is underneath the perfectionism. That is underneath the emotional eating. That is underneath the um, self-sabotage and unhealthy behaviors with drugs, over sex, over alcohol. All these things that you sincerely no longer want to do. So, pause for a sec. Let that soak in for a minute. Self-sabotage is our unconscious way of trying to keep ourselves safe. Because essentially, and it's as a result of having two conflicting emotions, two conflicting belief systems going on on the inside. So there is an old part or there is this part of us that wants things to be in this particular way because that's what we know. That's where it feels safe, even if it's unhealthy. And there's a awakened, conscious, ready to be the best version of you part that wants to stop those behaviors, that wants to become the best version of you, that wants to show up, um, just stop the procrastination, that wants to do it regardless of, you know, if it's perfect or not, that wants to only eat when you're hungry and not eat to try to suppress and repress any type of negative emotions. Only wants to engage in activities, you know, and do things when it feels good to them because they want to and not because it's your coping mechanism. There are two different things going on inside. But if you are able to start to meet those parts of you with more love, more compassion, more grace, more understanding, it's the first step in seeing self-sabotage as a basic protective, unconscious mechanism that you have, which would then start to release its charge, release its power in your life so that the person, the version of you, your higher self could start to take the reign and be in charge like it actually desires to. 
So that is essentially what I define self-sabotage as, a self-preservation mechanism. The way that your unconscious mind is trying, your ego is trying to completely just keep you safe, keep you safe. And the reason it wants to keep you safe is because your higher self wants you to step out of your comfort zone. To step out of your comfort zone is to do things that are not familiar. To step out of your comfort zone is to do things that don't feel safe. To step out of your comfort zone is to do things that will stretch you. And stretching usually means discomfort. And so you have a task, you have a goal, you have things that you want to do that is going to bring a difference in your life, is going to create a change in your life. And you will find all of a sudden Netflix becomes a thing. All of a sudden social media becomes something you get to scroll on from now until God knows when. All of a sudden you're in a relationship, the person is kind, respectful, attentive, consistent. You know, they're saying, hey, I want to plan with you. I want to grow with you. I want to build with you. And then as that becomes a thing, which is what you want, suddenly you're like deuces. Suddenly there's need for nitpicking and creating arguments and finding problems and faults. Because what you are asking for, which you are getting, is also going to require you to grow. It's also going to require you to stretch. It's also going to require you to open up yourself to receive. And when doing those things don't, it's not your usual, it's not your home, it's not your automatic go-to. Your ego goes like, no, 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 malfunction, SOS, SOS. We are not trying to be stretched right now. We are not trying to grow. We are not, we are not trying to do none of those things that are going to get me out of what I know. What, I, what is familiar. So all these self-sabotaging things happening happen in your relationship. And then guess what? By the end of all that, if you're not aware, relationship comes to an end and then you find yourself in another relationship, same thing happens and you just notice a pattern with your weight loss. You might find, all right, we start working out today. Good. Three weeks in, fall off the train. All of a sudden, there are different reasons for why you can't go see gym. Similarly with eating, whatever it is, whatever your goals are, whatever your vision for yourself is, there will always be self-sabotaging behaviors because that part of you that wants to keep you safe is simply doing its job. And I know that this might be a whole twist in perspective because that's not a narrative that we hear, well, at least I, I don't hear, preached and talked about and shared about um, uh, from different people, right? Who I look to, who I read from, etc. at least in the past. Um, and it's because, you know, it seems as though it's a part of us that is broken, that needs fixing. And I always go back to say, hey, no, we ain't broken. You're not, you're not broken, sis. You're not broken. You might be bruised, but you're not broken. And this work, this work that we do in terms of personal development in our work and healing is simply about remembering who the hell you are. We're not trying to be somebody new. We're not trying to create something out of thin air. It's really about remembering who you are. When we came here, we came here so whole and so imperfectly perfect. We came here being enough. We came here being worthy. We came here being abundant. We came here opened 
and ready to receive. And then conditioning happened. Traumas passed down generation. Things happened that taught us that we need to be this type of way and we need to not be this type of way. And we need to, we just need to function in a specific way that, you know, that that's just how it is. This work is about remembering. This work is about self-accepting. This work is about loving you in spite of. And when you start to meet these parts of you with more love and more grace and more compassion and more understanding, these parts of you that we ended up learning, that we will end up being taught, that will pass down to us. When we just start to meet these parts of us, it reduces its charge. It reduces its power. It reduces its hold. And then how we came here, whole, worthy, abundant, just amazing. Those parts get to shine through. Those parts get to shine through, which is actually parts, the higher parts of you that is asking and begging for you to step into this power, to become this vision of yourself without the procrastination, without the perfectionism, without, you know, trying to be caught up with what other people will think of you. That part of you, that higher self is to be remembered, not to be created, is to remember because that's how you came. And I know that that might be some next level something. I hope you're here with me. I hope you're following. And if you're not, of course, send me a message. Latina, I'm totally lost. But procrastination, perfectionism, the self-sabotaging behavior, the you know nitpicking at arguments when things are going good, all those type of things, creating chaos when things are going good, all those type of things are simply what you have learned, what you've been taught, what you have experienced throughout your childhood that simply feels safe and familiar. And because it feels safe and familiar and very homey, the default would always be to go back to that space out of pure protection. Now, once you are aware, so this is where the work gets exciting, in my opinion. I mean, exciting. Any past, I didn't think it was exciting, but gratefully, I have, a, I have an appreciation for this. When you start to notice your sabotaging behaviors, because there's a new level of self-awareness, there's this new level of consciousness, two things you get to do. At that point in time, you get to choose. You get to choose to meet that part of you lovingly, open up your arms real wide and say, okay, procrastination, I see you. And I know you're afraid. I know you are scared. I know. Hello, ego. I know you are not okay. How, what could I do to support you right now? How could I comfort you? You get to do that and meet it. Meet it. Meet that part of you that feels so afraid, so ashamed, so guilty. Because underneath all the actual actions that we engage in are beliefs. And it's the beliefs that are dictating the action steps that we take. So when there are self-sabotaging behaviors that you are noticing, it's actually a belief under that. And in those times, you get to stop and say, what am I believing to be true at this point in time? On, second, on the second flip or the flip side of that or on the same level is that there's usually an emotion, a specific emotion, a specific feeling that happens when you procrastinate or when you engage in these self-sabotaging behaviors. And those feelings are also very familiar. 
Now, let me give you a very perfect example, right? So FYI, this episode became a thing because I saw in plain day, I saw in day, like, who Claire's day, self-sabotaging behaviors. And I am so grateful that I was able to just sit with that and acknowledge, acknowledge the experience. So real quick, girl has a nail appointment. Excuse the boo-boos, that is from Jim, right? I have a nail appointment. The, my nail tech, punctuality, she does not play. She does not play with punctuality. If you are two minutes late, deuces. Now I need to get my nails done. Been going by this lady for the last two, I don't know, probably three years or something. So I know. Now, eight out of 10 times, I am speeding like a mad lady to get to where she is, right? I'm like, oh my God, I'm always like, you know, when you know when you're late, right? When you're late to do something, suddenly everything does be moving slow, right? The car in front driving slow, slow, slow. The traffic light taking long to change. And suddenly to have traffic out of nowhere. And that usually is my experience heading to this person. Now, FYI, people who know me very personally, time, you see, being on time, that has been one of my biggest challenges. So I have friends, you know, I'm, I'm the person that they would send a meme when it comes to, you know, saying I'm five minutes away and this time I'm still in my bed. That was me. That was me. The memes, those kind of memes and Latina went hand in hand a few years ago. And honestly, over the last couple of years, that has improved drastically, but there would still be times where that type of behavior would show its head, right? Anywho's, so I am there. I'm speaking on the phone. I'm telling my friend, I'm like, hey, I have a nail appointment and I really want to be on time for my nail appointment today. So I get off the phone. The girl gets off the phone. I have ample time to bathe, get dressed, you know, leave the house and reach on my appointment on time. I was ready at five past 10. My appointment is 10. 30 guys when I was ready at five past and I felt proud right I felt proud and I was like whoo whoo boy I on time do you know what Latina Mata did at five past ten when all I needed to do to get to my appointment on time was jump in my car and drive and I would have still gotten there about maybe five maybe five minutes early you know what Latina did Latina sat on her couch timed herself and said let me talk to my mother for a few minutes i couldn't talk to my mother until 10 past 10 so i decide i'm going to speak to her until 10 past 10 but latina has to use the washroom has to, you know you have to take that last number one before you leave the house so you don't have to use anybody washroom when you go so latina when it was 10 past 10 latina said all right don't talk Go to the washroom. By the time Latina goes to the washroom, sip some water, whatever the case is, and walk down the stairs, is now quarter past 10. Now, this story might make much sense to people, but if you are somebody who struggles with time, then you understand exactly what I am saying, right? And you mightn't see the self-sabotaging behavior here, but all of this is happening unconsciously. So your girl jumps in the car now, and guess what? Now we are back to having to speed down the highway 
hope that it have no traffic. I feel in the anxiety in my chest. I feel in the tightness in my body. I'm hella annoyed at myself. I'm asking myself, what is wrong with you, girl? You could have been on time. You just needed to leave your house when you were ready. Five past 10, you were supposed to just jump in your car and go. Why you decide that you're going to, this is the time that you want to bond with your mother suddenly. And you're trying to time your bonding time for five minutes. And now it took you five minutes to gather yourself before you walked down the stairs to get in your car. So now it's, it's 20 minutes. It's 20 minutes to get to buy this girl. 15 minutes is cutting it real, real, real close. So there I am going through all these feelings. And let me tell you what happened. While I sat in the car, I said, and I'm driving and I'm feeling all the feelings. You know what I realized, guys? The feeling of that adrenaline rush of trying to play with time and, you know, because that's another thing that people who struggle with time just do. We always play with time. I don't know if we have a God complex, but, you know, every week, check any clock every five minutes. Yeah, I'll just take two minutes here. Yeah, I'll just take one minute here. I'll just do that five minutes. And we always check any time and playing with the time because I don't know if we have some kind of God complex. The time does just go and we still rush in and we still eat, right? But anyways, so I'm driving the car and I'm like, what is this? And I realize that the feeling, that adrenaline rush, that tightness in my chest, that OMG, OMG, that anxiety that I felt, that, that feeling of what is wrong with me is so familiar. It is familiar. That feeling, I get that feeling very often. I experienced that feeling so much that it became my normal. Self-sabotage is exactly that. But what I want, what I want is to feel peace, to feel relaxed, to feel proud, to feel my heart feeling full, getting to where I have to go on time, not feeling that pressure. That is what my higher self wants. That is what I am striving and striving to work towards. But that is outside of my comfort zone because I don't know that feeling. From child, from being a child, the expert, what I just described to you, when I thought back while I drove to my nail appointment, I felt those very feelings very often. That tightness in my chest, that I had to get done, I had to get done, that, that rush, that, that um, playing with time situation. I remember the bus driver used to be coming seven o'clock and seven o'clock. I now putting on my shoes and my mother there and she putting on one side of my socks and whatever the case is and I'm here and in the background saying, you're always late, you're always late. And I wouldn't feel good about myself being late. But guess what? I grew up to be relatively a late human. You know, most things I'm not on time for. And one of my biggest goals was to really just try to improve my time management situations. And yes, it has improved. But I notice it improves and it's only specific to things that are really high up on my value on my, or what I feel important. But other things that I don't feel that important is when I would notice the old traits coming up. And I realized, wow, it's because that is what home feels like. And what I desire to be, who I desire to be in terms of that doesn't feel like home. So when I was ready at five past 10, I 
that feeling and all of this is happening unconsciously that feeling of relax and no stress and it's easy and it's ebb and it's flow and no pressure that didn't feel good that didn't feel good because it wasn't familiar and so self-sabotage looks like that. That is how we end up in self-sabotaging behaviors because what we know, what is familiar, what feels like home is, is the behaviors that we are the products of, is the behaviors that we want to change. And it takes a next level of consciousness and of awareness for you to recognize that the good feelings that you want, the new version of yourself that you desire to step into, the version of yourself that you want to remember who you came here as pure and whole as is usually the opposite of the self-sabotaging behavior that you engage in. It, it gives you a different emotion. And that is so rare. And that is not something that happens so often that when you do get to experience that, it is so unfamiliar that you start to malfunction. You start to sabotage because your ego is like, hey, I ain't trying to feel that. You know, whatever that is, I don't want any part of it. And so you would find yourself doing things to sabotage the very thing that you want. And I hope that that very simple example there shed some light for you. It was also a very huge eye-opening experience to me because I was then able to see in my day-to-day -day functioning, in my day-to-day -day life, where do I feel this tightness? Where do I feel this adrenaline rush where I have to go, 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 go. Where do I feel like this pressure, you know, this pressure that I felt in that moment, where does it come up? And in those thoughts, past experiences as a child will come up as well. Where experiences that I had with my parents, with my teachers in, in those primary years, you know, when did I feel that? And what was the story underneath all of that? And so the more you notice that you have a goal and then you notice your self-sabotaging behaviors and then you notice that it is a pattern and then you notice that it's time to meet that part of you and then you notice where the story or the experience came from and then you decide to meet the belief is when you get to start to work and change those patterns of behaviors. I hope you're following with me. So self-sabotage is essentially your way of staying safe, keeping you in what you know, keeping you in what is familiar. It is actually an internal conflict between what you know and where it is you want to go. What you know, as much as it may be unhealthy or it would have served you up until a certain point, it's no, longer, it's no longer serving you and a higher part of you is ready to tap into something greater. That's why we self-sabotage and most of it is rooted in fear. Rooted in fear, fear of being judged, fear of being seen, fear of um, having like a whole lot of responsibility and we're not ready to, to engage in all of that. Fear in, you know, failure, fear, just fear, fear of not being good enough, fear of not being adequate. Most, if not all, is rooted in fear or some unmet need where you feel as though, yeah, we're not good enough in this space. And so if I'm supposed to tie back 
you know, and whatever stories, whatever stories that you would have been told as a child, whatever stories you would have been told as you grew up, whatever experience that you had and a belief was just sunk into your brain that this is what it is, then without a doubt, we will just be acting on that. We will just be self-fulfilling. It will be a self-fulfilling prophecy of ensuring that what we believe to be true comes to fruition. So as a child with a bus driver coming seven o'clock every single day and four to five days for the week i am there fighting up to go into the bus i was told you're always late you're always late and i'm hearing that since i was five since i was six seven up until four more like i've been hearing it every day that bus driver had to come for me i heard that so that went about that was my that was my normal for many many years my friends knew that we would laugh about it we would joke about it but then a point in my life came when I'm like, this cannot work anymore. This being late cannot work anymore. And then when you realize that the behaviors that you're engaging in could no longer work is when you start to notice the self-sabotaging behaviors. And I'm letting you know that that is not easy. It's not easy to, to switch it up. It's not easy to, to fix it in inverted commas. It's not easy. But you are in a beautiful place when you notice that you are sabotaging. Because now you get to make a conscious decision. Now you get to actively decide to let go of those beliefs, those hurts, those pains, those traumas that are constantly keeping you in this loophole of feeling the same emotions that you felt in those past experiences. And then deciding that, hey, I want something more. I want something different. I want to step into this higher part of me that keeps calling me for more. That is going, that is asking me to feel the absolute emotions that are opposite from these emotions that I've been feeling all my life. And that is scary. It is scary to realize that there's a high likely chance that you are going to be losing a part of you. And as I keep going back and understand this paradox, guys, we want the new, we want the better, we want the improved, we want this expanded version of us. And it sometimes, oftentimes, feel like feels like an internal war between you and you. And I want that instead of you are trying to beat this version of you, this past version, this old version, this version of you that are engaging in behaviors that you don't want to, these sabotaging behaviors, instead of you beating her up or him up, trying to beat it into submission, meet it. Meet it with love, meet it with grace, meet it with compassion, meet it with forgiveness, meet it with understanding. Meet it and say thank you for serving me for this entire span of my life because you have only been trying to keep me safe. And when you meet it there, you then explain, hey, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. And you now have to open up yourself to experience the new type of emotions that you want to experience. To draw right back to the example, what I want to experience on a scale in a 70, 80, 80, 20 ratio, because I know we have to go, we have to experience the not so good emotions. 80% of the time, I want to be in a feel-good space. Not 20% of the time. And sabotaging behaviors would have you feeling 20% feeling in the, good, in the feel-good space and 80% not feeling good. 
and you are trying to switch it around. And in order for you to switch it around, you have to give yourself permission to be okay with this new emotion, the new good emotion. And it might sound so crazy because everybody is like, well, of course I want to feel the good new emotion. Well, mom, bro, sis, friend, if you and I so wanted to feel the good emotions, then we would not be sabotaging ourselves consistently in the way that we do or in the areas of our life that we do. And if we could meet that part of us and acknowledge that and accept that, then the amount of power and the amount of charge that that part of us has will reduce. Because now our higher self is in charge, our higher self is doing the things that we have to do, our higher self is allowing us to feel the feelings that we actually want to feel. Second thing is integration. Integration. At a nervous system level, we need to integrate the new behaviors. We need to let our mind and body connect to the fact that we are doing new things. I had a client. She makes, um, I have a client, sorry. And she makes body wash, body scrubs and um, body oils and those type of things. And she's always in go, 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 go mode. Go, go, go. And she keeps saying, Latina, I keep struggling with consistency. Consistency, consistency, consistency is my biggest problem. But guess what? Sis has never paused to integrate at a cellular level, at a soul level, at an identity level, that there are things that she is super consistent in. She has not done that. And because she has not done that, the narrative in the back of her head, which is I am not a consistent person, she would see that more than everything else that exists in her life right now. And so it's this very toxic internal loop of I'm doing things I don't feel as though I'm doing enough I am not consistent then I'm doing things and she's doing things she's doing things and they are parts of her life that she's absolutely consistent in but because she never stopped to celebrate to integrate to acknowledge the very things that she is consistent, which which would inevitably build her confidence and help her to apply and translate that into the areas that she's struggling with. The narrative is, I am not consistent. And so I'm saying to you, if you are having a hard time while you sabotage because you are sabotaging and you know that, hey, you have goals, you have visions, you have things that you want to do, and you notice that you are doing some things that are just not lining up, I need you to stop and pause and actually celebrate and acknowledge the things that you are doing. Because for most people in that self-sabotaging space, we just focus on all the wrong things that we aren't doing or all the things that we should be doing that we aren't and we come from the angle of something is wrong with me i am not enough i need to do more what was going on here let's fix it let's fix it let's fix it and i promise you i promise you like i could bet i could bet and i don't usually bet but i could promise you that there are things in your life there are areas in your life that you are absolutely thriving in that you just put aside to be bare minimum it's not even a And because it comes so natural to you that you don't even acknowledge it as a thing. And in those very areas that you are thriving in, there are lessons, there are tools, there are resources, there are strengths that you have, that you have not integrated fully 
to fully own so that you could let it go across or apply it to the other area of your life that you're struggling with. Self-sabotage is a self-protecting, self-preservation preservation mechanism. That's what I said. That's what I believe. And every time the behavior comes up, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it and then do the complete damn opposite. So you have an assignment. You have work to do. You have something to do. You decide suddenly you're going to go on Netflix. At that point in time, you, you acknowledge your procrastination, but not into beat yourself up type of way. You just acknowledge it. All right, cool. I'm just going to get it done. You notice the perfectionism just there. So you have something to do. You do it one time, you do it two times, you do it three times, you're throwing away the paper. This is not good enough. This is not good enough. No, the way to combat these things is to just do it, put it out there, realize that you did not die, the world did not fall down, people did not hate you for putting on something that wasn't in your, your perception perfect. One of the ways that I dealt with um, sabotage, right? Now, this is interesting because my trainer and I were speaking about this um, yesterday. You would never have caught me in a short pants anyway, right? I mean, this might sound like a weird thing, but you would have not caught me in a short pants anyway because I felt insecure about my thighs. I'm like, my God, I have so much cellulite. I'm not going anywhere in any short pants, nothing, right? So I'd always have on a skirt. If I have to go out, a skirt, a dress, leggings, jeans, but never short pants. So when I started the gym, I was never in short pants and I was never in just a gym top. Like I'd never do that. And some months in, um, I just had the pull, the intuitive pull to wear a, sh to wear a short tights to the gym. And I was like, what hells? No, I am not doing that. I am not wearing no short pants to the gym. Of course, the story, the belief under that is my legs aren't good enough to be out in pants. I have too much cellulite. I cannot walk the road. You know, people want to know how much potholes it have in this real leg, et cetera, et cetera. But because of this work and because of the awareness that I just shared with you, and because I know throwing myself, and this is, I'm telling you, throwing yourself in the deep end so that you could have proof that you would not die and the world would not close in on you is one of the biggest game changers that you could do when it comes to overcoming certain fears and certain worries and certain insecurities. So your girl, put the tights on. I put the tights on and watch my shame. I shame walking up the stairs, guys. I shame walking up the stairs. And of course, everybody in the gym, they've never seen me in tights before, right? In short tights. So as I walk in the gym, I hear all the trainers saying, hmm, look at you, somebody feeling sexy today. So I feel in the, the discomfort even greater and greater and greater. While I'm working out, I keep pulling on the tights. Every five seconds, I pull in on the tights. I hear one of the trainers say, well, let's see now you go bust the pants. Right through, you keep pulling it down. And after the session, after I finished gym, and I came downstairs. You think the shame went anywhere? No, not really. It was there, no. It was still there. But guess what? I realized that the world did not stop moving. I was still able to complete my workout. Um, 
this was my throw myself in a deep end way of releasing the self-judgment or starting my process of releasing my self-judgment about cellulite and the size of my legs. And it might sound so blah and like not a big deal, but this type of example could be applied to anything else. Anywhere that you feel shame, you feel guilt, you feel fear, you feel judgment, you feel any emotion that doesn't serve you as it pertains to yourself. Mommy had to throw yourself in the deep end. Throw yourself in the deep end until it becomes normal. Do you know what Latina Mata is doing now? And I still have cellulite. I am looking for biker shorts. I want I on Facebook and Amazon. And I, I am looking for my first short jeans pants to wear. It took months. It took months. And it's hard to, there are days when you tell me, put on a short pants to go see Jim. My answer is no. I don't feel like I just don't feel confident enough to put on a short pants at that point in time. But prior to me throwing myself in the deep end like that, you were never going to catch me in a short pants anyway. And it's the same thing for going out in a going to the gym with just a sports bra on without a jersey, without a cover up. That was also another way of throwing myself in the deep end. A podcast episode I did. The podcast episode was scratchy. Everything about it was scratchy. And my perfectionism said, do not post that. Do not share that. Do not share that podcast episode because it's not good enough. It's not good quality. My way of dealing with that sabotage, fling myself in deep end, share that podcast episode. That podcast episode has one of the greatest downloads of all my podcast episodes, on top of which I signed two clients from that same scratchy podcast episode. We need, you and I, you, we need to acknowledge that the self-sabotaging behaviors that we indulge in is really out of safety. But the very goals that you are trying to achieve requires you to come out of that comfort zone. To come out of that comfort zone means that you need to give yourself permission to experience the discomfort, to get comfortable being uncomfortable, to allow yourself to just pass that threshold of discomfort, to be able to stay with that discomfort just for a short while so that it could then be a disconfirming experience and the things that you believe to be true aren't actually true. You do that one time, you do that two times, you do that three times. Suddenly, you are able to release that belief. Suddenly, you are able to show up in spite of. Suddenly, you are able to do it scared. Suddenly, you are able to do it without, without the stress, without the physiological response. Suddenly, your new home becomes the very things that your best version of yourself wants you to experience. The peace, the freedom, the creativity, the joy, the happiness, the contentment, the gratitude, the love. Suddenly, that becomes your home. And when that becomes your home, life just starts to look different. Life just starts to feel different. This episode, I feel very passionate about it because this, this, has, been a, this has been a struggle. This has been a struggle. And I want you to know that we're not trying to fix things here. We're gonna, the intention is to become more self-aware. When you become more self-aware, then you could start to ask better questions. And when you start to ask better questions, you get better answers. And when you get better answers, you start to respond differently. You start to see things differently. Life begins to look 
very different. I want you to meet those parts of you with love. I want you to meet those parts of you with grace. I want you to acknowledge how much it has been trying to serve you for so long. And I want you to acknowledge that that part of you no longer has to run the show. You get to run the show. The higher part of you gets to run your show. But oftentimes, if not all, it really requires you to throw yourself in the deep end. Like we can't just be kumbaya and, you know, sage and incense and EFT. Yes, those are tools to help. Most certainly, those are tools to help you. But oftentimes, just throw yourself in the damn deep end. I promise you, you need proof. You need a disconfirming experience for you to recognize that the things that you believe to be true, which has been trying to keep you safe, are a lie. Is a lie. They are lies. They are not true. The cellulite on my leg, my legs not feeling, not seeming good enough. Not, I don't think they're good enough to be in short pants. Is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Whatever you've been telling yourself to keep you safe, especially when you are being called and asked for more, is a lie. And you get to choose what your truth is going to be. In order to choose what that truth is going to be, you go two ways. We do the cleansing. We do the energetic cleansing. We do the EFT. We do the letting go. We love it. We accept it. We say sorry. We forgive it. We thank it. We journal about it. We acknowledge with all the openness and all the, all the gratitude of how much it has served you, even though you realize that a lot of it might have been toxic. And then you also say, okay, while you do that type of energetic work, while you do that inner work, action needs to be taken. There's, no, there's not going to be any physical proof if you aren't doing something about it. Physically. Physically. Get support. Put yourself in an accountability group. Give yourself consequences. Find somebody to give yourself consequences. Affirmations are a big part of your, your reworking and your reprogramming. Pay attention to what you listen to. Pay attention to what you watch. Change the people that you are around. Change your environment. Change your routines. Make sure that you're eating well, taking care of your body, exercising, moving that body, even if it's for five minutes just to stretch. There are things that you need. This is a holistic approach, guys. There are things that you need in order to support yourself to change habits and behaviors that you've known your entire life. So do not expect a magic trick. Do not expect this to happen overnight. But, but expect that once you start to be self-aware, you then could make different decisions. And most importantly, integrate, celebrate. As a nervous system level, you need to acknowledge that you are capable of the new things that you are trying to engage in. And if you notice that the old behaviors are coming up, those old behaviors are just once. If you have overcome sabotage in a big way, congratulations. I'm celebrating myself too. But there are times when those self-sabotage behaviors just pop right back up. When it pop right back up, you don't beat yourself into submission. You pause and stop to check in. What's the underlying need here? What's not being met? What's the fear? What's the story? What's the belief? And after you do that, you say, okay, with grace and gentleness and compassion, we're going to start again tomorrow. I'm going to start again later. Gently. Guys, we have to treat ourselves with the gentle love and care that we would have wanted as children and that you would give to your own children. Keep in mind that never meant spoil. 
that never meant let people let children get away with whatever it means reparenting giving ourselves what it is we need all right i felt very passionate about this this podcast today i don't know if you could tell but i am right here with you i am right here with you fighting this real good fight learning to unlearn learning to self-love learning to radically meet and accept the parts of me learning how to navigate learning how to regulate my emotion like i am right here with you and i want you to know the more you could see that what you have done is enough up until this point the greater the self-love and the self-compassion you would have for yourself which means that you'd be able to meet other people with that same self-love and compassion suddenly life would start to look different suddenly life would start to feel different but it is a continued work in progress i love you guys so 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 much i appreciate you for being here this is episode 22 i believe 23 i'm not sure but i'm so glad for you being here i love you i appreciate you do share this with a friend do send me an email leave a review if this resonated leave a comment here on youtube if this resonated leave a review on any of these streaming platforms that you may be listening to this on tag me you know the drill i love you so much i will talk with you soon and happy holidays goodbye